Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer your questions and hopefully help bring some clarity to areas where you've had confusion. And we would love to pray for you. So you can also call in with your prayer requests or anything going on in your life that you'd like to discuss and get a biblical viewpoint on. We'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That text line, once again, 720-336-0897. We want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. You're hearing the show live, and we also want to welcome those of you who are listening on Hope FM out on the East Coast in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and up into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. We're so glad that you're with us. We're so glad to see how God is growing this um, Calvary Live family of listening stations and listeners all over the country. And we also know that we have a lot of people who tune in online and through the mobile app. So we want to welcome those of you who are tuning in different parts of the country and even different parts of the world via the mobile app. Uh, if you don't have that yet, just a quick plug for that. Go and hit, go ahead and get that. It's a great uh thing that you can use. And I know so many people use it because I hear from people um, in Florida, Arkansas, you know, California all the time up in the, up into Washington state, people who are tuning in to the uh, program via the mobile app. So go ahead and get that. Yeah, it looks like we have one in Durban, South Africa right now as well. So that's awesome. So glad to have so many people tuning in uh, from all over the world and all over the country via the mobile app. I just encourage you to get it if you haven't, because it's a great way for you to uh, tune into this program and all the other programs here on Grace FM, but also there's there's a few extras and goodies in the app as well. So go check that out. It's uh, Grace FM, just one word that you can type that in the search bar for the mobile app. It'll come right up, and you can also check us out in your browser on your laptop or your desktop or your phone or tablet. Just in the browser there, type in GraceFM.com, and you can listen live there as well. So big hello to everybody who's tuned in. Just a reminder for those of you on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee on Hope FM and Truth FM, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay. So just keep that in mind. But uh, we would love for you to call in, and we would love to answer your questions and take your prayer requests, and then you'll get the unique opportunity of being able to tune in the following week and hear yourself on the radio. So the number to call once again is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself before we go to our callers. I see the calls are already coming in, which is great. 
Uh, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. And if you are in Longmont or you are around Longmont in one of the surrounding communities, maybe in Berthoud or Lyons or Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Mead, that whole Carbon Valley area, or into Erie, Lafayette, Niwot, Boulder, we would love to have you come and worship with us on a Sunday morning. And you can find more information about us on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. For those of you who are familiar with Longmont, I'll tell you where we're at. We meet just one block west of Main Street, one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. So the address is 700 Longs Peak Avenue. And we are right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Streets. And we're just to the south of the downtown park and ride. And we are just on the edge of Roosevelt Park, which is the city park here in downtown Longmont. And we would love for you to visit with us and to worship with us. Our service is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And we have a great kids ministry. So from birth all the way up through middle school, we have high schoolers with us in service. And then we have a, a high school Bible study and youth group during the week for those guys to be involved as well. But we have children's ministry for your family, and we would love to serve you. We'd love to have you worship with us. We're currently studying through First Peter. We're doing a series called Pilgrim's Progress. This coming Sunday, we're going to be in First Peter chapter 2, which is this beautiful metaphor he uses of this house that God is building, right? Peter wants us to know that this world is not our home, and yet here in this world, God has given us a home away from home. This work that he is building through which he's working in the world it's the true dwelling place of God. It's his beacon of hope to the world. It's the church, and we get to be part of it. And uh, he tells us it's a place to grow. It's a place to belong. It is a place to serve God. It's a place to welcome others. And Jesus is the cornerstone. And so we're going to be studying through that passage verse by verse this coming Sunday. We'd love to have you join us. Or if you know somebody else who lives in this area, kind of Boulder County, Southwest Weld County, South Larimer County, you know, uh, Longmont and the surrounding environs. We'd love for you to send them our way and we'd love to have them uh, grow with us as uh, God's doing a good work in our church. So let's go to our first caller, Carl in Golden, Colorado. Hi, Carl. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Nick. How are you doing? Doing great. Hey, so my question is a little bit complicated. Um, okay. I'm still, it's, I was having a conversation with a coworker uh, towards the evening, and I'm still processing through it. And I figured I'd bring this to to you. Um, so he uh, he he claims he's a Christian. He he's, he's an African American man, uh, older gentleman, and he. Uh, but the true Jews are not Semites. Uh, talking about uh, going back to the descents of Noah, and he was pointing me to this ministry that I just I'm looking at the website of. Um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Jeff Jerry Barrett and mm. Power of Prophecy Ministry. No, I haven't. Okay, but they claim that the uh, Jews right now, so the Israelites right now in Israel, you know, are um, the Jews that they are. They're not the descendants of Noah and Abraham. Of and so, uh, so, and okay, I'm a to talk to me about this stuff. 
and I've been trying to process through like what sort of things would happen if those claims were true in terms of the whole scope of of scripture and the scripture in terms of the promises made to Israel and God's promises to um, Abraham um, and to David in the house of David and whatnot, and so forth. And so can you help me maybe think about some other things I could maybe look into that I should start studying to kind of talk about how— I, mean, I think I was just going to pull my Bible atlas and talk about the descents of Noah and where they went and stayed and how those different groups became certain uh, people groups. Um, I'll yeah. start there. Also, other things I could look into as well. Yeah, so, um, you know, here's what I would want to know, is what is the reason why they believe this? Like, in other words, where are they going with this? Because usually, you know, somebody doesn't say, hey, everybody who's ever thought anything before me was wrong, unless they have, uh, like, an angle or a reason or an objective. <clears throat> now, I'll tell you an interesting story. So I used to live in Hungary, right? And um, in Hungary, there's a there's kind of a weird theology that, that has come about where they don't like Jewish people, right? Generally, there's a lot of anti-Semitism. In, in Central Eastern Europe. And so they have come up with a similar kind of doctrine where they, you know, some people who want to justify their anti-Semitism have come up with a similar doctrine where, the, where they will say that um, today's Israelites are not the Jews from the Bible. The Jews from the Bible um, are a different group of people, and therefore it's okay to hate and even persecute the modern Jewish nation and Jewish people. And in fact, they'll go so far as to say, in fact, you know, some some of them say Jesus himself wasn't even a Jew. He was a Scythian. And then they'll claim that the Scythians became the modern Europeans. And therefore, God's promises do not belong to the modern nation of Israel, but they belong essentially to the European nations. And what this turns into is a kind of weird uh, nationalism that's being justified by this kind of mental gymnastics. And, and again, not actually verifiable historically. And so, again, the purpose of this is to justify what they already think rather than letting God's Word speak to us on its own merits. Right. And, and so I'm, I'm going to apologize because you cut out a couple times there when you were talking, and I didn't oh. quite get everything you said. Um, but does that sound like maybe that could be some of the justification for this? Yeah, so I'm looking at the website right now, um, and they have they point to one scripture in Matthew 21:43 that uh, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And then they have this question underneath that says, "Why then are Israel Israeli prime minister not millions of evangelical Christians lying about Jews being God's chosen people?" Mm -hmm. And um, so it has to do with they have some sort of theology, I'm guessing, where they are stating that that's proof of their DNA testing or the science that they have that's showing that the Jews are not really Jews or yeah. not really. So I guess that's what they say. I guess what they're saying is they're not Semitic. Mm -hmm. uh, so that there that there's some sort of breakdown in the historical lines where. Um, the people living in the land of Israel are not truly Israel, truly Israelites, and therefore these are people who s have stolen the land from the true um, Israelites. I so, uh, yeah, I can't find any other articles or anything like that, kind of a deeper idea of what they're talking about in terms of, like, who, who are the true Jews then. 
mm -hmm. who are the true. Well, 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 like I said, this view or this kind of explanation, there's variations of this whole thing where, where people are trying to claim that the people who are now living or who now call themselves Jews or who practice the Jewish faith or who especially who live in the land of Israel now um, are not Jews. And the reason is because therefore we're justified in not uh, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We're justified in not doing all of these commands that the Bible says, you know, like whoever blesses you will be blessed, whoever curses you will be cursed, all that stuff. So it's a way of justifying um, not caring and loving these people and treating them as God's people, but actually having a negative uh, view of them. And like I said, there's a, there's a ton of variants of this. It's been around for a long time historically. There was a very famous type of this called British Israelism, where they actually believed, you know, and the, again, it's very similar mental gymnastics where they said, oh, well, these 10 tribes got lost in Assyria and now they moved up into Northern Europe. And that's why Denmark is called Denmark because that's the tribe of Dan, which is the only one of the 10 tribes that apparently kept its name. And they'll say that now the, the people who live in England are the true, true Jews uh, historical Jews, and they therefore carry the blessing of God, and therefore, you know, it gets into all kinds of weird nationalistic stuff like manifest destiny and all kinds of stuff. And by the way, I mean, this is also something that the Mormons claimed, which was that the Native Americans are the true Jews. So everybody, you know, there have been different um, views of this throughout history, but it always gets back to the point of somebody trying to claim the promises of Abraham or to not um, acknowledge God's love for the Jewish people and kind of trying to transfer that so that it justifies nationalism and a kind of racism. Here's a thought on Matthew 21, verse 43. Here's what that verse says, and I'm reading, um, trying to see which version this is. But anyway, which, whichever version you look at, it's going to say, okay, here I have several versions. Okay, let's start with the ESV. It says, therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. New American Standard says the kingdom of God. New King James says kingdom of God. Okay, I mean, when he talks about the kingdom of God, Jesus does that, especially in Matthew's gospel, in contrast to the kingdoms of this world. He is not talking about the nation of Israel or the land of Israel when he uses yeah. that phrase kingdom of God. What is Jesus talking about? Well, I think that it's very obvious what he's talking about is he's talking about how, as we see then later in the book of Acts, the gospel then goes to the Gentiles and they receive it and they do what? They bear fruit, right? In Luke's gospel, Jesus says this also very clearly. He talks about the time or the dispensation of the Gentiles. And he says, you know, Jerusalem will be trodden underfoot until the time of the Gentiles is complete. If you go to Jerusalem today, you see that exact same thing where um, the Temple Mount is occupied not by the Jewish people. And it hasn't been since, um, you know, 70 AD. Yeah. So all that to say what's being talked about both in Luke's gospel with the dispensation of the Gentiles and what's being talked about here in Matthew 21 Luke's talking about the occupation of Jerusalem by Gentiles, which continues to this present time, which tells us we're still living in what Jesus called the dispensation of the Gentiles. Um, but in Matthew's gospel, what he's talking about is the kingdom of God. He's talking about the gospel not being exclusively for Jews, but being available and being preached to 
Gentiles. This is something that Jesus talked about in John's gospel, right? I have sheep who are not of this fold, but I'm going to bring them in. Yeah. So. Okay. But should I also probably do some more research on the descendants and the lines? And because, and, you know, I, I have a really great Bible atlas that shows where different people groups, uh, for, you know, for, um, you know, the descendants of Noah and where they went, Shem and Japheth and, and so on. And then, um, so I know a lot of those arguments that he's making claim that certain people stayed in certain areas and therefore became certain people groups. Right. And therefore, there's confusion about who was where and who received what. So Sure. Yeah, I mean, feel free to go ahead and, and study that stuff. Um, well, you know, it's going to become a little bit difficult because, you know, from three branches, right? They went in three branches, Ham, Shem, Japheth. And so I think it's pretty clear that these are Shemites who live in this land. But then after that, of course, the family tree branches out. And so all we can really do is trust the Bible and when the Bible talks about these things. But feel free to go and research that. There's a great website, and I don't know offhand if it has an article on this topic, but I know it's a good resource and likely does. And if not, um, I know the guy who runs it, and I know that you could probably email him through the website, ask him some similar questions, and he might write back. Um, the website is called alwaysbeready.com. Alwaysbeready.com. The guy who runs it, his name is Charlie Campbell. He's been out here in Colorado a few times. He's a... Um, you know, itinerant preacher who preaches on apologetics and also writes books. He's a great guy. Yeah, ready. Alwaysbeready.com. Yep. And Charles Campbell. His name's Charlie Campbell. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Hey, thanks for the call, Carl, and God bless you as you minister to your coworker. Oh, thanks, thank you. Have a wonderful You too. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to our next caller, Liz, in Inglewood, Colorado. Hi, Liz. Welcome to the program. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, so I had a question. I'm a college student in Metro, so downtown Denver in a pretty liberal school, and, you know, I'm usually bombarded by people asking for signatures for, you know, either, you know, like transgender, gay, lesbian rights, uh, but recently, um, in the last couple semesters, I, I keep getting invited to a Bible study from a group of people um, called the World Society Church of God, um, or, or God the Mother, and, you yeah. know, I started doing some research on their beliefs, and, um, you know, I grew up with Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, and I, as a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, you know, I, I learned how to witness to them, you know, through the scripture, and, you know, and, and with this group of believers, you know, I started um, trying to research what they're believing, and they think, like, the Holy Spirit is, like, within a South Korean woman, like, yep. that's still alive, like, that's 70 years old or something. Um, and, you know, I want to engage in conversations with them, and I was wondering if you had specific Bible verses um, that I could give them, you know, to kind of open up conversations for, for ministry, you know, like, in between classes and stuff. Yeah. Well, I will give you a few. I, this is a big topic, and there there's actually really good articles written on this, and uh, I'll point you to a few, but I'll just give you a, a few here on the radio. But I appreciate you bringing it up because I've been hearing more and more about this over the last couple of years, and including, um, you know, they've been active here where I live in Longmont, but um, the producer, you know, we're talking right now, and he's telling me that he was at Auraria just a few weeks ago, and he said those guys are all over the place. All over the place at Auraria. Yeah. Hmm. 
Okay, so yeah, um, I wrote an article about this on my blog that also has some kind of further links, um, and maybe I can share that with you, but I'll just walk you through a few things about them. So, you know, I found out about them because somebody in my church came and, you know, wrote me and said, hey, I want you to know I was at this park in Longmont. Somebody came up and said, hey, we're a Christian, um, but, you know, we do things a little bit differently. We adhere to New, te- new covenant requirements, which means keeping all the feasts, like in the book of Leviticus. Um, and, you know, they, this is their big claim, that Jesus said he would come again, and he did. And so they believe that he came again in this person named An Sung Hong, which I'm probably mispronouncing, but he's from Korea. And they believe that he, um, he is the reincarnation of Jesus. And they, um, they call him you know, God the Son, but this is kind of a weird language they use because they believe in God the Father and God the Mother, and they believe that their founder is Jesus in the flesh, returned, but that now he died, which is, you know, a bummer (laughs) if you're Jesus, right? So uh, then he dies, and so his wife, whose name is Jang Gaja, I think, Gilja, she is considered to be divine and she's called God the mother. She's also called the bride of Christ and um, very weird. Like people actually worship these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, here are a few things they teach. They teach that people were originally created as angels in heaven, but then we sinned against God and we were sent to earth as a second chance to return to God. And the only way for us to be saved and return to heaven is by keeping the Levitical feasts and following the teachings of this original guy, An Sung Hong, um, and now the teachings of his wife. And they say, you know, she, this is also really creepy, it says that she is the one who gives eternal life. So when, when you lay it all out like that, you can see that it's a cult of personality, but it's a yeah. radical deviation from the Bible. But more than anything, the number one thing that separates biblical Christianity from not only every cult, but even every, like, you know, almost correct thing is um, how you are saved. So first of all, who Jesus is and how you are saved. And if how you are saved is by, you know, trying harder, doing better, following these rules, well, that's not the gospel. Amen. These are all just different forms of self-salvation. And and actually, I mean, if you look at all the different religions of the world, however widespread they might be, everything other than the gospel is about how to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and save yourself. Whereas the gospel comes in and says, you can't. Like, even the best person in the world couldn't. Um, But through Jesus, you can be saved because of God's grace by trusting in what he did. Yeah. So here's the crazy thing. They're growing very rapidly. And um, again, the name of it, just in case anybody didn't hear, it's called Worldwide Mission Society Church of God. It doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. But they have been growing. They have, now this is what's also crazy. They have only 450 churches in Korea, but they have over 3,000 around the world. And I know they have a branch in Boulder. I don't know if they have a branch here in Longmont, but apparently they do down in Denver. Quite a few, it sounds like. Yeah. Every day there. Wow. Just in the middle of campus. I was just inviting people to Bible study with Bibles. And like. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the one thing you're going to really want to hit on is like Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. 
right? Yeah. For by grace you've been saved, through faith, that not of yourself, it's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Two other Bible verses I want to point you to or re relate to the matter of feasts and Sabbaths. Okay, so Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, which says this, Therefore no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or new moon or Sabbath day. These things are a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And then finally Galatians 4, 9 through 11. Now that you have come to God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? You observe days and months, seasons and years. I fear for you that you have labored in vain. So the call of the gospel is not the call to celebrate feast days and Sabbaths in order to attain, obtain salvation. It's the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done in order to save us. And anyone who teaches anything that says that, you know, you have to do these certain things in order to be saved, that's not only wrong, but that is a different gospel. It is a false gospel. It's something that Paul said, you know, anathema, like, let it be accursed. So uh, I would just say this is just another one of the rebrandings of an old and widespread lie that you can and must work your way to God. But that's not the gospel. So um, I'll point you to a few articles real quick. There's one by CARM, so C-A-R-M, that's uh, a Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, so CARM.org, okay. and it, it just, if you search on their World Mission Society Church of God, it'll come up, and it has uh, some great talking points with them, and let me see, I have one more article for you. Yeah, GotQuestions.org also has a good article that lays out a lot of the stuff I said and lays out some some good talking points and verses Carm will definitely be more you know detailed about how to talk to them but if you're just looking for an overview gotquestions.org has a good article as well oh yeah well cool well let me pray for you and let's pray for people who are encountering these guys on their campus or wherever they they're doing that so oh, thank you so much sir I appreciate it yeah. Lord, we pray for Liz, and we just ask that you give her wisdom. We ask that you would give her the anointing of your spirit, that she would be able to talk to these people and talk winsomely, but talk with um, conviction. But also, Lord, that as she speaks to them, that, it, that her words would really uh, be anointed by your spirit so that when they land in their ears, land in their hearts and their minds, or that they would be effective and that they would do your work in to bring about realization of the truth. Lord, we do ask that you'd open hard hearts, that you'd open deaf ears, that you would open blind eyes. And Lord, that you wouldn't let these people succeed in deceiving, but Lord, that you would save many people on that campus in Auraria and you'd bring the truth to light. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Spirit. You bet. God bless, God bless you. you. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. It looks like we're coming right up on our mid-show break. We've got two open lines, and we've got one caller waiting. We'll get to that caller um, next. But actually, it looks like that person couldn't hold any longer. So we have all open lines, which means it's a great time to call in. 
Uh, if you call in now, we'll get you on the show right after we come back from the break. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. The text line again, 720-336-0897. And so that you can call in with your questions about the Bible anything going on in your life or like our last caller, you know, or actually our last two callers, people dealing with, you know, false teachers and aberrant doctrines and how to respond. Maybe you're curious about those things. We'd love to hear from you and pray for you. Um, and we will be right back in two minutes time after this break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like let's say, some biblical viewpoint on, or if you have a prayer request and you'd like to be prayed for, we'd love to pray for you here on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Christopher in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the program. Oh, Christopher. Oh, Christopher couldn't hang on. Uh, no problem. Let's um, let's look at, we had another caller, it looks like, who couldn't hold. Um, but, oh, it looks like Christopher accidentally got dropped. And so, Christopher, if you're still listening, uh, we'd love for you to call back in and we'll get you right on the air. Um, we had another caller from New Jersey who couldn't hold long enough to be on the air, but his question was this. What is heaven and is that the new Jerusalem and the new earth in Revelation. So yes, it is. But let me let me give you some caveats here. Okay, so in the Bible, we're told, for example, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, that Paul says, he tells a story, right? His critics were coming and saying, oh, you know, Paul isn't very spiritual. And the proof of that is that, you know, God's not really with him. And the proof that God isn't with him and that he's not really a man of God is that Paul has so many problems. He has medical problems. He gets beat up all the time. You know, if anything bad could ever happen, it happened to Paul. And so Paul comes back and he says, well, you know, that's not exactly the case. He goes, look, I just kind of keep some things to myself. But if I was going to boast, and he's like, I'm embarrassed to even do this. But here, here goes. He says, look, a few years ago, whether I was dead or alive, I don't know. So we assume, actually, that this happened during a time in Acts 14 where he got stoned to death and either he died or he was almost dead. And then he um, had this vision, he says, when he said that he was taken up by God into the third heaven. Now, the third heaven, what that means is you can even think in our terminology, right? We talk about our atmosphere as, you know, 
the heavens, so to say. We look at the sky and the heavens. So that's the first heaven. Then above the atmosphere, you have outer space. So that's the second heaven, right where the stars are. And the third heaven is perhaps not a physical location as much as it is a spiritual realm. And that's the dwelling place of God. So when the ancient people talked about the third heaven, they meant the dwelling place of God. So let's say, you know, Paul says this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So what that means is that if you were to die today and you have your faith in Jesus, not in yourself, not in your goodness, but in Jesus' accomplishment for you on your behalf in his life, death, and resurrection, and you're saved, you're a Christian, then you go to be in the presence of God. And so you go to heaven, right? But it says that at the end of all things, there will be a resurrection and some people have asked, so wait, what's the point of the resurrection if we're already with Jesus? Well, okay, here's the deal. When you go to be with Jesus, that's your spirit going to be with Jesus now in heaven, in the spiritual realm. But there's coming a day when there will be a new heavens and a new earth and the new Jerusalem, and that is heaven. And so what that those words tell us, new earth, new Jerusalem, they refer to something tangible, something physical, a physical reality that we will experience. And we're told that, our bodies will be resurrected and transformed. And so we are going to have resurrection bodies. It's talked about in 1 Corinthians 15, for example. Paul talks about this. He says, okay, they will be different, but they will still be bodies. We see in examples of this in the Bible where people seem to recognize each other. So like in Luke chapter 16, where people are still recognizable. And so the point here is this, that um, the new heavens and the new earth. So that will be at this time where after the return of Jesus, we physical bodies are resurrected. There will be a, um, there will be a great judgment. And then after the judgment, if you kind of look at the timeline, what will happen is that those who are with God, those who have been saved by Jesus, they will experience heaven in this tangible way, this new heavens and new earth. And those who are not, it says that hell and Hades is cast into the lake of fire, which is the second judgment. So hope that brings some clarity. This is really kind of two stages, I guess you could say, the one spiritual and the final physical. Hope that answers your question. And thanks for the question. It looks like Chris is back online too. So Chris in Denver, welcome to the show. Yes. Hi, uh, Pastor Nick. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, absolutely. What's up? Yeah. Um, my question is in reference to the new apostolic reformation. Um, from my research on that topic, I've seen that it's pretty far spread um, and very popular among many pastors today. Um, but for time constraints, I'll limit my question to its effect on um, worship music and um, the popularity that it has, the effect and far-reaching effects that it has on even mainstream um, music, and and my question is what, how, how to respond to that or what to do? Yeah, yeah, I know this is a big discussion. In fact, I'm, I'm part of a message board with several other pastors, and they have been discussing this topic, not particularly with the New Apostolic Reformation as much as with Bethel, but, and I don't believe the two are I mean, I think that they have some similarities, but um, I, and you can help me because I'm not sure. But uh, it seems to me that the New Apostolic Reformation is related to people like um, C. Peter Wagner, Rick Joyner, Kim Clement, these guys. Is that about right? 
Well, I, um, I, I didn't. Well, I didn't want to go into like naming names of pastors, but my my question is really regarding, and I wanted to keep it within the, the confounds sure. of music, and really um, the idea of saying the same stuff over twelve times. You know, I mean, oh, it's been okay. recorded, or you know, like the same words, or you're even asking for fire, you know, from heaven. Well, you know, that generally isn't. I mean, I understand that there's a scripture based off of that, but that generally isn't wise to to desire fire from heaven, yeah. um, scripturally. And and that idea of how um, from music, um, it seems like it's a focus more on experience over scriptural desire for 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 scripture sure um, okay well let's and, let's and, address some of those questions okay uh first of all if they are writing songs that maybe are being sung outside of their movement and again like i don't know personally of any churches like if i if i came across a christian song i might not know you know which movement it's associated with or not unless i did some research but my general rule of thumb on this is that let's take a song based on its lyrics. Let's, um, you know, we're pretty picky about the songs that we sing at my church just because we want to sing, you know, songs are didactic, meaning that they teach us things. They're used for teaching. In fact, you know, John and Charles Wesley, back in the 1700s, they intentionally did this. They wrote thousands of songs, and the songs were for the purpose of teaching doctrine and theology. And so for that reason, we should be very careful about the songs that we sing and the songs that we promote in our churches. And yet at the same time, if I look at a song and there's a way in which I'm a lot less worried about who wrote it as I am with the lyrics and the content of the song. Uh, now, there comes another issue that some people sometimes bring up is, well, you know, with... Uh, with rights to songs and things like that. As you use songs, certain people who wrote those songs or who own the rights, they might get royalties or kickbacks. Um, you know, I mean, if you are that worried about a movement give it, getting uh, royalties and kickbacks, then I respect that, and you should, you should look into it, and you should not sing those songs in your churches so that uh, you don't support their ministries financially. On the other hand, though, I think that for the majority of people, it's going to come down to content. And I think that we should care about the content of the songs that we sing. Now, you, you brought up the issue of repetition. Now, at the same time, while we're encouraged to not participate in vain repetitions, right, as Jesus said that some of the people in his day were prone to do uh, in their prayers, that they would pray in vain repetitions. And yet, um, we see that in heaven... Right, we have angels singing "Holy, Holy, Holy" for all of eternity. Right, so uh, there is some degree of repetition going on even around the throne of God. The question is, is it vain repetition? And that's really a matter of the heart, isn't it? Because yeah. on the one hand, Jesus told us, you know, don't don't pray with vain repetition. On the other hand, he told us a parable in which he said, well, imagine if it was like a person who. If, if you were sleeping and somebody came and knocked on your door in the middle of the night and they just kept knocking and they wouldn't leave you alone, well, you would probably give them what they asked for. And he said in the same way, he encouraged us to be perseverant in praying and asking even for the same thing multiple times. So I think we have to balance those two things. When we pray, are we just repeating 
you know, memorized yeah. prayers in vain repetition? Are, are we trying to work ourselves into a mindless trance? Or, like the angels around the throne of God, I do believe there can be a meaningful repetition where you keep saying a word um, because you mean it. And I, I don't think that repeating a refrain um, is inherently bad. So yeah. there, there's that. Um, as far as fire, you know, I mean, this gets into uh, this gets into issues of, of like, you know, clearly what they're asking for is the anointing of the Holy Spirit with that language. The heart of my question is is regarding experience over, like you, as you were saying, with the songs, there was there was supposed to be a, a message with that, and yeah. and with with very little to no scriptural surrounding, mm -hmm. but just pursuing experience. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll speak to that quickly too. Again, I I'm gonna probably be a little bit tempered in my answer. And that is uh, for this reason that I actually think that the purpose of music is experience and is to stir up the emotions. And that can be done in a way that is wrong. It can be manipulative, right? There's a power with music where you can manipulate, but there's also a power with music uh, that God has given to it and given in our hearts that is very powerful and good. And, you know, I was at Aurora a couple of weeks ago. There was a, a great conference for ministry leaders and um, and they had a band there, Passion Worship Group, and their songs were, were scripturally sound. And yet they were also emotionally moving. And the way that they performed them got you involved emotionally and experientially. And I, I want to say that this is why our services have you know, more than one aspect. We do have an experiential and emotional aspect. And yet we also have a teaching aspect, which is definitely a lot more cognitive. And I don't think that the one is inherently bad just because it's experiential. Now, can you, can you be imbalanced in that? Absolutely. And can it be dangerous? Can it be manipulative? Without question, it can. And so that's really where I'd want to go. I, I, I want you to just understand that it's not categorically wrong to, um, to be emotional, to be experiential. But if it's not balanced, and if it's not doctrinally sound, and if it's not moving you in the right direction towards discipleship in Jesus, if it's moving you towards a wrong focus, then, then yes, it can be bad. But I also think it can be bad uh, whether it's in the kind of more hyper-charismatic side or if it's on the you know opposite end of that spectrum as well thank you for your time and i appreciate that food for thought awesome thank you chris for calling in god bless you bye-bye you're listening to calvary live this is pastor nick katie from whitefields community church in longmont colorado taking your calls and texts on the air today let's go to jim here in longmont colorado hi jim welcome to the program hi pastor nick thanks very much I uh, had a question for you, but I actually wanted to build on what this gentleman just said. I, I've attended your church. I love it. I love awesome. the Calvary Chapel churches because of the expository teaching. The That's church great. I normally attend, the gentleman, nice guy that is the head of the uh, praise team, but for eight years that he's been there, he's been repeating the same six, eight, ten songs every week for six or eight years, and I don't feel like I'm growing. That's the problem, and I think maybe that's what that other gentleman was talking about. I don't feel like we're growing because it's the same 
repetitive songs over and over and over and over. He is the Ancient of Days, but I don't think he's senile. I think he, uh, I don't think we have to repeat for him to understand. Sure, yeah. Uh, but the, my main question was, correct me if I'm wrong, Satan will be bound for a thousand years, and that's the millennial reign, correct? That's correct. Will the demons be bound as well? That's my understanding. Can you give me book, chapter, and verse? Well, no, I can't. But because uh, I okay. don't think that there is any any more. Well, I I give you a few things, but um, you know, in Isaiah, you know, where uh -huh. Isaiah is talking in like chapter six, where he's talking about um, his vision of the Lord, and then he goes on from there into chapter nine and eleven. Interspersed in these chapters are descriptions of what will happen during that time, uh, during the reign of God on earth. And, you know, this is where we read things like the child will play at the den of the adder and the yes. uh, wolf shall dwell with the lamb. Everybody thinks it's a lion, but it's actually a wolf. Um, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, etc. And little child shall lead them. And, um, you know, so these are the only descriptions that we really have of what the world will be like during that time, that justice and righteousness okay. will reign. And clearly it seems that there will be no temptation. And the reason why it, we believe that there will be no temptation is from what it says there in Revelation about that thousand year period, which you referenced just a moment ago. Um, this is in Revelation chapter 20. And so we know that the, the devil will be bound. Satan says the devil and Satan bound him for a thousand years. Now, it doesn't say anything about the demons. So we really are just trying to make a conclusion based on what we can. We're kind of reading between the lines and trying to figure it out. Um, but the reason why I would say yes is because it says in chapter 20, verse 7, when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison, will come out and deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth. And, um, and then it goes on to say what will happen. But it seems that during this time, uh, there will be no temptation, no deception. And that's my reasoning behind thinking that the, the demons will also be uh, bound. But I, well, I don't know. Of, yeah, I don't know of any other scriptures that would give us that impression. That makes sense. I know Pastor Chuck always said where scripture remains silent, we need to remain silent, but I do appreciate your opinion, and it does make sense. So thank you. Absolutely. God bless you, Jim. And hey, next time you're at Whitefields, come up and introduce yeah. yourself. I'd love to meet you face to face. Ditto. I, I would like that too. Awesome. Thank you, sir. God bless you. All right. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got. At least one open line. The number to call. We've got two open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Benny in Fountain, Colorado. Hi, Benny. Welcome to the program. Benny. Looks like Benny is gone. Let's go to our next caller, Phil in Lakewood, Colorado. Hey, Pastor. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Yeah, I've got a, a little situation that happened yesterday. Okay. Um, yeah, I was uh, in, going to a job interview, and my friend called me up, you know, and uh, I told him, I, you know, I'm in the job interview and uh, everything, and he's a pagan. 
okay. don't believe in heaven and earth. He believes in different gods, and and everybody's a god, and all, all this stuff. And I really don't like hearing it. But anyway, yeah. he says, "Well, I'll pray to Satan for you that uh, he he that you get the job, and he will bless you as long as you give him his soul." And I I go, did I just hear what I heard? And I just told him, I said, you know, I'd rather not have a job and be homeless under a bridge than do that, you know? Of course. So in my heart really sank, and I prayed about it last night, and now I, you know, I feel good now. But I'd like to uh, make a prayer request. For, his name is Doc, that, uh, you know, that he will change his ways. But he's a good he's a good guy as of that. Right. So, yeah. Well, let's pray for Doc. Yeah. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you for Phil. Thank you that he is being salt and light to his friends and his uh, his family, the people that he's around. And Lord, we pray that you would use him in a powerful way in the life of his friend, Doc. I know that he cares about him, and I know that he, he wants the best for him. So Lord, I pray that you would really bless Phil with wisdom, with how to share with his friend. Lord, how to um, help him, his friend to see that uh, this is the wrong way to go and that it's not cool, it's not uh, cute, it is not uh, anything good. It may be powerful, but it, it, will, it will bite him and destroy him in the end. And Lord, we pray for Doc that you would set him free from the grip of the enemy and you would do a powerful work in his life. We pray that you would bring him to salvation, open his eyes, open his heart, and we pray that you use Phil in that process. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, when when I do talk to him, I go, well, you know, if I say anything, well, Jesus loves you anyway, you know, yeah. just to plant that seed. But uh, and I did get the job. You did. Congratulations! Give, Praise the Lord. And I give glory. I, yeah, I give glory to the Lord. And on another thing, you know, the, the gal that called in early about the Rary campus. Yeah. About uh, yeah, my son goes there. He he uh, he, he he's a believer in his in his uh, he's really hot. You know, he's on fire. And uh, he's not he, just good looking. Well, that too, <laughs> okay. you know, that too. And he, uh, uh, they come up to him and everything, and boy, he gives it right back. The scripture and everything, boom, boom, yeah. boom. I'm he he loves doing it, you know. And yeah. Uh, yeah, when she was talking about that, I go, yeah, my my son's talk, was told me about that, and it's all over that campus. Yeah, you know. Well, you so, know, one of the things the producer here was telling me, because he was there, his name's Kevin, and Kevin was out there handing out, you know, T-shirts and swag for uh, Grace FM. And he said that he was out there, and the way that they, they do it a lot of times is that he was, uh, well, he said that they'll invite you to, um, they'll invite you to come to a Bible study. And everybody wants to come to a Bible study, right? And so, I mean, not everybody, but people are definitely open to the idea of coming to a Bible study as opposed to like, hey, do you want to join my Korean doomsday cult? Like that just doesn't, uh, it's not as attractive. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hey, thank you for the call and glad to hear about your job. And um, I'll be praying for you and your friend. Wow. All right. Well, thank you very much and God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Hey, speaking of producers, I uh, want to pray for David. Now, you guys may not know all the guys who are behind the glass doing the uh, very important work, but one of them is named David, and he asked me to pray for him on the air today. Um, so his name is David, and I want to ask you guys all out there to pray for him and his family. We're going to do that right now before we go to our last call. Um, but here's the deal with David. He just had twins on October 8th, which is awesome. 
Aiden and Ava, and they're both doing well. However, his wife has been having some complications, and they're still in the hospital, so it's been you know, coming up on 10 days now, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. It's been a really rough time, so we want to pray for them and for the doctors. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we pray for David. We pray for his wife, Brianne. And Lord, we ask, uh, we pray for the doctors. Lord, we ask that the doctors would be able to find out. You give them wisdom, give them knowledge to know what is going on with her so that she can be fully healthy and well, so she can go on taking care of these beautiful babies and being at home with her husband. And Lord, we pray that you would give them the grace to go through this time. Give them the patience as they go through every day. Give them the hope of the gospel deep in their hearts, Lord. But I also pray for healing. I pray for wellness. And I just pray for wisdom for the doctors and perseverance for these guys as they go through this difficult time. Lord, would you strengthen them? Would you be there in the room with them and give them comfort and give them strength? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to our final caller, Quinota in Erie, Colorado. Hi, welcome to the program. Hi. Hey. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Sorry, I had to turn my Great. radio down. Okay, no problem. <laughs> What's up? Okay. Yes, I turn my radio down. Okay. Well, I am... Oh, are you there? Okay. I'm here. I am very excited to just, I guess, be in a season of rededicating my life to the Lord, my husband and I. Um, we went to Texas for a while, and um, we came back to Colorado to just, um, I feel like, tie up loose, loose strings or just, you know, just really hear God out. We became campers, and so we're not really, like, needing to, hey, we need to go here, but we're just looking for um, a church and a church that we can grow in, and one thing that we've kind of uh, run into is just a little, like what you said, um, you know, being the first, but we've had some experiences where it's like, okay, it's obvious we're not welcomed here um, from certain conversations or um, being used because of gifts, and so we just want to really be led um, by God, or if we run into situations like that, just have the wisdom um, to speak to believers that aren't, um, um, I guess you're truly following, <laughs> um, okay. God in <clears throat> dealing with situations like racism and, um, uh, or discrimination and prejudices. Like, I want to go to a place where we can look beyond that, like settle those issues, you know, be the bridge um, yeah. in different cultures, but also, you know, serve the Lord, but not ignore certain issues uh, in cultures, okay. race. Yeah. Well, let me pray for you. And then I, of course, do have a suggestion for you for church, but let me, uh, let me pray for you. Holy Father, I pray for Kenyota. I pray for her family. I thank you that you brought them here from Texas, and I know that you probably have a great reason with why they're here and something you want to accomplish in their lives and also through their lives while they're here. So Lord, we pray that you would help them to meet great Christian people who, uh, 
who love you, who love your word, who share the values of your kingdom. And Lord, that you would bring them in contact with those people. I also pray for them that you'd help them find a church where they can settle and where they can grow, they can put down roots, and where they can be part of your work. And we thank you that that is what your, uh, your church is to be about, is to be a place to grow, a place to belong, a place to serve, and a place to welcome others. And I pray that you would help them find the right place. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's my, here's my suggestion for you is that you guys are in Erie. Um, our church is just up the road, up um, you know either 287 or County Line, however you guys go, uh, in Longmont. And we would love to have you. Church is called Whitefields Community Church. Website is whitefieldschurch.com. And we would love to have you. And I would just tell you, if you come, I want you to come up and, um, and say hi to me after service so that I can uh, greet you in person. I love it when people do that. Okay, cool. So, well, well, I hope to see you this weekend, and I'm going to let All you go because right. we are at the end of our show. Thanks. Okay, God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We do have a couple text questions. We've got 60 seconds. So, someone was asking, what cult were we talking about earlier on the Auraria campus? The cult was called the World Mission Church of God. It's out of Korea they believe some very strange things, but at the end of the day, it comes down to works-based righteousness. And that is not what we believe in the gospel. We believe in Jesus' righteousness imparted and imputed to us, which we receive by faith alone, by grace alone. So that was the group we were talking about. Hey, God bless you. We're so glad that you tuned in today. You can tune in every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. for Calvary Live. And I will be with you again next Monday. You have a great evening, and God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.